Good morning. This is Real Estate for Breakfast podcast. I'm your host, Phil Coover of Shank Annis Tepper Campbell. The Real Estate for Breakfast podcast is a Chicago-centric commercial real estate podcast utilizing attorneys, finance, and real estate professionals to create thoughtful commentary on current real estate issues and entertaining discussion. This podcast is a mixture of real estate, business, and law. Today, we are going to talk about marketing, and we're going to talk about marketing yourself online as a real estate professional, but the information that's put out here today is for really could be applied to any industry. So I had Linda Day Harrison come on. She is a, a broker and a real estate professional in California, and she has recently started a company called The Broker List, which is an online platform where commercial real estate brokers can connect with each other all over the country and pitch their ideas, pitch their projects, and uh, do various different things. And she'll explain a little bit more about that. But in the course of my conversations with Linda, we she just came across and started talking about marketing and how real estate professionals can market themselves online. And she was so passionate about it and so good at it that I told her, Linda, you got to just come on <clears throat> and explain to everyone how they should be marketing themselves. You're, you're so knowledgeable about this and you're so passionate. And I think that that will, sh- that will shine through. So I think that we all know it's like working out. We all know that we should do it, but you know, do we really have time? And do we even know how to once we get to the gym? Well, Linda is going to be our marketing trainer and she's going to explain to us how to market ourselves and what we should be doing, everything from LinkedIn profiles to setting up your own page. And you know, she's got a lot of interesting ideas, some of which I'm totally on board with and some of which are too advanced for me. But all of them are interesting. All of them will help get the juices flowing. And I think that you know we're going to release this in August, and this is a good time before before the hard work sprint starts to Christmas time uh, for us to just think about marketing and how we can present a better image online. And I think that you'll find this interview to be extremely interesting. If listeners are particularly interested in a certain topic, I want you to feel free to get in touch with us by contacting us at Solution Center at satcltd.com or by visiting our website, realestatebreakfast.com. We should also mention that the podcast is being produced by SATC Solution Center, L3C, which is the Education Development Division of the law firm Shank Annis Tepper Campbell. Shank Annis Tepper Campbell partners with our clients to provide commercial real estate, business, estate planning, litigation, insurance law guidance to grow their businesses and protect their assets. Without any uh, further introduction, let's just jump right into the interview. Please uh, enjoy this interview with Linda Day Harrison of The Broker List. Thanks so much. Thanks for being a part of our podcast. We really appreciate your time today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, so today we have Linda Day Harrison, who is uh, the founder of The Broker List. And Linda, we, we're really excited. We've been talking, you and I have talked several times before, and you're so passionate about marketing online and uh, how real estate professionals can try to present themselves and market themselves online, I thought it'd be great if you just came on and and talked to us about that topic. Yeah, it's a fabulous topic. Well, before we jump into that, why don't you just tell us a little bit about the broker list? Well, the broker list is an online community of commercial only real estate professional, commercial real estate professionals. And I say professional because when you're in our industry, you can wear several hats. You can be leasing, you can be sales, you can be management, but you're still trying to make the end goal, which is to keep your building full or to possibly uh, sell a property or manage a property. So I say commercial real estate professionals and the broker list is a community for everybody that's in that industry that's focused on, uh, actively focused on commercial real estate. We have almost 6,000 members. We've been around for several years and we're free for anyone that we can verify is actually active in commercial real estate. Then if you want to advertise to our marketplace of, of a membership, 
then you would be an advertiser. And that's, that's of course, a charge. So that's our business model is, you know, advertisers and giving the community something free in exchange. Sure, sure. So if I'm a real estate professional in Chicago, what, what sort of benefits would I get from joining the broker list, which I have, by the way? Oh, excellent. Well, actually, you, you basically step into a fully built out uh, vetted network. So if you are someone who wants to get the word out or reach a lot of people or expose your property or expose your business to markets other than your own backyard, for example, or even your own backyard, because obviously we have Illinois people on our list. It's you just step right into it. And we do vet everybody, which is very important and is an important feature of our site. That's the most grueling part of our process for for us on our side is making sure everybody is really in the business. And um, I think if you're a, a landlord rep, I would absolutely make sure my property was showcased on the broker list. If I were a tenant rep, I'd make sure I was showcased on the broker list in case a tenant or a potential um, client was looking for someone in Chicago, you might as well be on the list and be found. It's free. Right, right. And I also I think it you know, it's a nice way to reach out to people across the country. If you have if you have right. a client that's looking for a referral in a different jurisdiction that, you know, you're not as comfortable or you don't have as much knowledge about what types of property are out there, it's a it's a way to find somebody. Right. And I think you bring up a good point and I, I failed to mention it. We're basically a B2B and B2C site. And what that means, B2B, if you don't know the term, is business to business and B2C is business to consumer. So our site is open to anybody. So even a consumer searching online who goes to Google and does a search, when we come up, that that is going to bring them to our page. Once they get to our page, then they can potentially find you if you're on our site. They do not have to be a member. We don't require the public to sign in. We don't require anything with your leads. They're your leads. So if someone finds our site and then stumbles onto your page, obviously that's your lead and, you know, have at it. And it's somebody that's looking for a broker and it, and brokers look for other brokers in a big way. It just, as you said, uh, Philip, if they are looking to help a client solve a problem, they, they might not have the resources in that market. The broker list is a great place to start and try to find somebody. Right, right. And so I, I didn't realize that consumers can view listings as well. So do yes. people go online and say, I'm trying to lease this property? And then it, it, yeah. they post it just like they would on one of the other listing services? Well, no, not a consumer can't post. The consumer oh, can well, search. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Right. The consumer can find you and find our our information and our customers, our brokers of profiles and their listings and their haves and their closed deals, which is a huge advantage because many of the online commercial real estate tools are not open to the public. And I think that's a major disadvantage for anybody because the dream, the dream deal for anybody that's in, in our industry is to have a client just, you know, find them and, and want to buy their building or lease their space. It's great because that's one commission. They love that. That doesn't happen very often, but it can happen. So let's say you're an attorney in Chicago and you say, you know what, I'm going to try to find some office space or I want to open an office in Chicago. And you go to Google and do a search for whatever. And we come up for whatever your ter your search term is. Then when you get to our site, you don't have to log in or anything. You can just use our site, but you can't post on it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I misspoke there. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. We're on the same page there. Well, that's really, really a nice way to do it, uh, especially because it's, yeah, it's free advertising, you know, right. rather than pay for it. And you're, the other listings, if I'm a broker and uh, I don't know a better way to market commercial property to a consumer um, right. directly, because, yeah, they, they close they close that information off to the public. Right. And, and a lot of sites will give like teaser information. What they do is they'll show, they'll show an address or a picture or whatever, but they don't tell you who the broker is. They don't tell you how to reach the broker. What they do is they'll say, Oh, sign in here. And then you could have the rest of the data. 
I, th- I hate that stuff. I just can't stand that kind of stuff. And what they're doing is basically amassing a million email addresses so that they can say to people, we have, you know, 500 million email addresses and we reach a million gazillion people, but it's just all garbage. I mean, it's not, it's not, right. it's not that valuable in my opinion, but I mean, for them, that's what they want. Yeah, no, I, I get you. Yeah. It's like, Great, you have 5,000 email addresses, but 4,999 of them are just going to delete your junk email immediately. Exactly, right. Or they're not even really legitimate because what happens is on all of these sites, and you probably have this too, we get a lot of um, bogus people. They're just fake. They have nothing better better to do with their lives. And they go, (coughs) excuse me, they go on sites and, (coughs) excuse me, sign up for stuff. Yeah. Do they just enter <laughs> fake email addresses? <laughs> right. <laughs> I've never, never even considered doing that. It's like having a fake uh, name at Starbucks for when they call right. your coffee. Right. But a lot of, a lot of, you'll find a lot of um, people, I don't even know who they are. I don't know why they do it, but they just go on sites and sign up with fake names and we get a lot of it. We get a lot of just, you know, they'll sign up Bozo the Clown and I'm not kidding. Okay. Know Mickey Mouse or whatever, <clears throat> and I don't know if they're just like trying our site or testing it or whatever, and they just make up a fake email address and they're just nuisance. So on our site, we just delete them, of course. But I'm just saying, on a lot of sites, that's what they do. They don't give the real name. They don't give who they are anyway. They just want to get past that wall. So to me, I wouldn't want to be a website that has to manage all that junk. Sure, sure. All right. So let's transition a little bit into online marketing so one way if, if i'm if i'm advertising on the broker list and i'm trying to i'm a real estate professional in san diego and uh you know if somebody is searching a consumer or another broker is searching to try to help a client or to try to look for a property in san diego they're probably going to get a bunch of different real estate professionals are going to pop up so how can we stand out and uh, market ourselves a little bit online? Well, today it's very low hanging fruit because most people, and I'm not kidding about this, most people do not properly complete their online profiles, even on LinkedIn. Uh, you'll see people with you know the basic bare bones information. And I think the number one thing you could do, which literally probably would take you 10 minutes out of your life, would be to really complete your profile. That's like the number one thing. Make sure you take advantage of every field any online site offers you, not just our site. If it says fill in your website, put it on there. If it says what's your Twitter account, put your Twitter on there, your Instagram. Put the sites on there where you have content. If you don't have content, fill in some really basic information and pretend like you're a client looking for you. What, what do you want to tell them? What is most important about your experience, your expertise? Tell them what you, you're going to do for them because you want to, you want to get them to, to be, uh, be attracted to whatever it is you're, you're selling or you're offering. And I think that's so basic. I mean, I'm not, I mean, technology is technology, but information is still old fashioned. It's got to be clear concise and it's got to drive somebody to want to call you so if you sit there and just say i'm a broker from chicago and period like really (laughs) that's it yeah it doesn't say anything at all it doesn't say anything and most of them will say and i'm not picking on anyone here at all most of them will say my name is joe and i'm with xyz company from chicago and i'm in commercial real estate that's their description it's like are you serious really Instead of really saying what they do or giving some like little bit of a story about what they do or more detailed, to me, sizes would be important. So let's say you're a broker and you say, I only do deals between, I'll just make up this number, 2,500 square feet and up. I don't even want to hear or talk to a client below that square footage. Then say so. Say, you know, work with clients, you know, do tenant representation. I work with clients 2,500 square feet and above. The clients I've worked with are, and just explain it, you know, uh, street level retail, uh, big box retail, whatever it is that you're good at. 
because whoever it is that's looking for you wants to find a match. It's kind of like, you know, you hear about these websites, match.com and all that. That's basically what they're doing. They're trying to find a good fit. They don't want to call a broker who's not going to ever call them back because they only want a thousand square feet. It's a waste of time. So I think be really clear about the, your ideal client and describe what it is that you're doing that will match up with that particular client when they find you. Sure, sure. I, I run some marketing meetings for our law firm. And what I tell people all the time is uh, for the online profile, I say it's the exact same thing as why you wear a suit or a nice outfit to a business meeting. Because the, it's what you, how you present yourself. It, right. You wouldn't show up wearing some old gym shorts and a tank top to a business meeting because you're presenting yourself poorly. Right. And that's exactly what you're doing online when you don't take the time to uh, fill in all of the data fields and give a little explanation of what you do. You're, you're missing a real opportunity to explain to people what you are and who you are and what you can do. I mean, the other thing is that if someone's looking you up online, they're already interested in you. So if you don't tell them about who you are when they're looking for you or when they're interested in you, when do you think you're going to have that conversation? When do you think you're going to get another opportunity? Um, right. It's almost a, a gateway field at this point to explain a little bit about who you are. And even if, and the story should try to be compelling. It should, you know, don't be shy about explaining, about putting in something a little bit personal right. to explain who you are, where you're coming from, what kind of values you hold. Because if you can align with somebody, then it's going to be, you also, you don't want a client that is uh, very, that is not, that you, where you're not on the same page. You don't want a client that's looking for X when really you're just good at delivering Y and Z. And so it's better for both parties to save as a time-saving measure to, uh, to vet that out a little bit up front. Um, I also one think that, one, one yeah, point I want to make on that is if you have been in magazines or you've written articles or you've written anything or you've done anything, put that on your profile. Don't, don't hide that because people want to know more about you. They want to dig deeper. Put the links on there. Show those URLs, especially, you know, in, in the legal field. I'm sure a lot of lawyers write a lot of articles and stuff. I mean, I would put every tiny tidbit on there if you've been quoted in a magazine. Right. Absolutely. You know, for for lawyers, we have a couple different websites. We have uh, Avo is a big one. And Avo, you get the Avo rating. But I would say to every lawyer, because every lawyer who has a, a law license uh, is on AVA, whether you claim your profile or not. So you might as well claim it and start inserting correct information uh, rather than try to hide from it. And also, yes, they have these great data fields where you can just link right to your LinkedIn profile. You can link right to your website. You can link right to articles that you've written. You can upload uh, PDFs or links to articles that you've written. The reason is is twofold. I think I love your reason primarily is just to help the viewer read and learn more about you. And so it looks like you're active in the community, you know what you're talking about. And also, I'm not going to be good at explaining this, but for search engine optimization purposes, well, right. for SEO, is to, yeah, to have all these, I'm sure you, yes. you founded a website, you're going to be able to talk about that a lot better than me, but you want to have all of these various websites that are interconnected, or even if you're only putting information or writing or explain in one place, you have one website, you have one blog, you're going to want to fill in these ancillary websites like your LinkedIn's and your, uh, your other professional profiles just to connect it back to your central point. Right. Well, people want to know more about you. And I think it's so disappointing when you, and it happens to me every single day because when I get, and I get the general public quite a bit, contacting us as a website saying, I'm trying to find a broker for this. And they'll tell us what their, their problem is or their, their need. And we're just as frustrated as the public. It's not, we have what they, what they see, we see. And they say, is, is there any way more to find? I'm like, this is all they've told us. This is, this is it. I mean, you know, we, we, we only have what they've given us. 
And, you know, some of the, uh, you know, clients are, are so challenged. They're like, we're trying to find a broker and we've looked here, we've looked there, you know, we've called people and it's sad, you know? And I think, why don't they just fill out the profile accurately? Not, don't make up stuff. Don't put, you know, stuff on there that's like not accurate to what you've done, but at least complete it. And, I, and I'm sorry that it's, that's such a boring answer, Philip. I mean, it sounds crazy, but that is like 90% of it, believe it or not. Because if, if, when you talk about SEO, SEO is pretty basic when you think about it. What it is, is basically answering the question the person searched for. And Google, and this part, I can't tell you how they do it. They have their algorithms that know that website is answering the question. We like that website. We're going to move them up higher in the ranks. So, you know, for instance, your website, Real Estate for Breakfast, if somebody typed that in, obviously they probably wouldn't because it's not really a term. But yeah. if they typed in whatever it is you're trying to, to say is your keyword, pot, real estate podcast, that would be maybe real estate and legal podcast. And, and they find you and people are going there and clicking on it and using your site. Google knows it and says, oh, Philip's got a site people like. They're, it's answering their question. It's not a trick. It's true. It really is the solution or the answer. And, and it's the same with our site. You know, if somebody types in they're looking for a commercial real estate broker in Chicago or whatever their term is, you know, obviously we try to strive to answer those questions for Google through our members, which helps us get up higher in the ranks. Right. And uh, I should mention now that our, our mutual um, friend Jennifer Fournier is yeah. the one who told me that on my blog that I have, because I'm trying to figure this stuff out as I produce this podcast right. with my firm. You know, so we set up a separate website for this podcast. And so what she said is, it, it all sounds so basic when somebody tells you. It's it's all such a, clearly a good idea when someone explains it. But she's like, what you need to do is have an outgoing link to whatever guest you have to their website. And so then Google will realize that you have outbound links to legitimate websites that are connected to what you're trying to say. And Bingo. Google recognizes that whole thing. And once she told us that, and we just put it like after we post this podcast, I'll have an outbound link to the broker list. Right. And uh, we had like a 20% jump in our RSS subscribers just for this podcast. And so I was like, Jennifer, thank you so much for that. That little tip. And so, yeah, so, you know, you, you want to do the same thing with your personal profiles. If you want to have, if you have your LinkedIn and your, and your firm. Your company website. Your company website. Yeah, yeah, you should, your LinkedIn should direct you to the company That's website. Right. And I think about all those commercial real estate companies out there and when they join our site and how many fail to put their website on their profile. And I just want to cry for them. I think. Why wouldn't you do that? That's going to help you because the rule is, and, and Jennifer can explain this to invalidate what I'm saying, is you want to be pulled up by a stronger website. In other words, if, if your website is, you know, whatever, 4 million and our website is, you know, 50,000, that means our numbers, the lower number is higher. In other words, we're stronger. So if you, if your link is on our site, it's going to help your site. And it's kind of like, they don't even do that. I didn't realize that. That's, That's interesting. Yeah. In other words, you want to, it's just, it's like validating. It's validating to Google that you're on track with your topic. They want to, they want to answer questions. They want to answer the public's questions as accurately as they can. That's it really. When you think about what SEO is, because they're looking for the best content that answers the public's question when they search for it. So if I am a uh, a real estate professional, let's say I'm a young professional and I'm frustrated because I don't have access to the company website, so I don't have a lot of control over what the company says about about me, what would you recommend that uh, people do in terms of putting content out there online? But I would recommend that anybody does at a minimum. Okay, just a minimum thing is I don't I don't know I don't care what I mean it it should be related to either your name 
or what you're doing or something that can never be taken away from you that's part of you. So, you know, as an example for me, if I were starting out today and I was going to be a broker, I would probably try to get my name. I'd probably try to get lindadayharrison.com or something. Um, unless I wanted to focus on something specialized, but that's tricky, you know, like retailbroker.com or something. But yeah. I would get my name and I would have a simple landing page. That means one page, period. That's it. This is starting out. I would, I would register my domain. I'd have that page. I'd pack it full of all the kind of what we're talking about right now. You know, at the top, I'd make it look really, really good. You know, I'd have my name. I'd have directly under my name exactly what I do, a tagline that is so clear and concise. You know, so if I were Chicago and I were North Michigan Avenue, I'll just make this up, North Michigan Avenue office tenant representation, that's what I would have as my tagline. And then I would just have like a, a brief a bio about myself. And then I'd have all the validating stuff under it, all the links, all my social media, a way for someone to reach me. I would have everything right there. And I would, that would be my landing page. And that would be the heart of my entire like purpose of everything. So then I would use that link on everything, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, you know, all the social media. So if all roads lead back to my domain name, period. That's right. what I would do. Yeah, I've never heard anyone say that. Yes, I, that, that's, that works that, for so many industries. It, right. I mean, it's so basic. But remember, I'm telling you to get your own name. In other words, it's your name. No one can take it away from you. If you change jobs or you change offices, don't make it your company name. It's kind of like a, a friend of mine just went through a job change and she had an iPhone and everything was connected to her company name. It was a disaster. Yeah. She lost everything because they're like, give us the phone back, you know, do this, do that. Everything was tight. She goes, I didn't realize that I was using my company's email address for everything I logged into. All the stuff she registered for. She didn't think ahead and get her own email address. And if you have a landing page and a domain name, you can get your own email address with it. You know what I mean? So yeah. personally, I think people should own their name, own their brand, and um, <coughs> all roads should lead to that uh, URL. Yeah, I think that that's a really, really intriguing idea. And I'm sure if people, as long as you have a relatively unique name, uh, not an extremely common name, I'm sure when people Google you, then you're gonna, they're going to see that that landing page as well as their your LinkedIn and your company website. And so you always have So it also another simple thing you brought up contact information. How often have you tried to look for somebody oh. and you know, you might, you might have to spend 10 minutes before you find that email address yes. or that phone number. You're like, dude, really? How is this so hard to find right. your contact information? What are you hiding well, I from? I go on company websites, corporate websites that I fight to find a phone number. I, I know, that's I, a truth. I have a, a guy who's a fraternity brother who works for a really big real estate company. And uh, I've been trying to get him on the podcast, but I'm having a hard time figuring. I think I can just message him through LinkedIn, but it shouldn't be. But, you know, even then, people don't always check their LinkedIn emails. Right. And I I'm know. just I'm having a hard time finding this. Right. This uh, old fraternity brother who's doing really cool, really, really cool things. But uh, I'm having a hard time just finding out how to reach out to him. I know. And, and, and I think it goes to the point that everything we're saying here is really old school using technology. I mean, it, it's not high tech what we're saying. It's, right. it's basic common sense. And I think if you focus on your domain name, your blood, sweat and tears, everything you share everything you do should point to that page because that's your real estate. It's kind of like saying, okay, I'm going to build a building on someone else's land. Huh? What? What are you talking about? You have to think of domain names as real estate. That's what they are. So you have to think about your real estate and what it is. Do you put a sign on it? Is it just sitting empty? Are you sending, are you sending traffic to your real estate? Are you keeping your real estate, you know, cared for and maintained? That's a domain name. And it's the same thing. And I, when I started getting into this business, because my background has been, you know, obviously in, in, the, in the real estate business my whole career, 
I started to realize that that the internet and the websites that you have as a business is exactly like real estate. It's identical. That's really smart. I've never heard anyone say it like that. Right. I, and it's, I love and it's that. Kind of, That's really, really good. Right. I mean, it's basically your real estate that you own. And once you own it, so far, at least to, to, in my lifetime, no one can take it away from you if you pay for it. Like if you keep up your domain uh, registration okay. fees. I've never heard of anybody getting their name taken away. I mean, I think there's been probably some, you're a lawyer, you would know some cases where maybe you took someone's name and it was illegal or something. But once you get that name, that's your name. So, and that's why I urge people to to have just a simple landing page. That's it. Now, now, can you do more than that? Absolutely. Of course you can. Can you have pages? Can you have a blog? Yes, you can have all that stuff. But to me, someone starting out or someone who's, you know, in the brokerage business and doesn't want to have a lot of headaches, you know, because it is a lot of work to have a website, a landing page is fine. If LinkedIn decides to go away tomorrow or if Microsoft, somebody buys, you know, some other site you're using or this company sells another site, you're not out of business. You still have your own page. Or if it gets hacked, you know, I could see one of these companies get I can see, you know, LinkedIn getting hacked and everyone just be not able to use it one day. Right, exactly. Well, your your own sites can get hacked too, but and my advice on that is I and it sounds horrible and crazy and and I have very complex passwords, but you know, get yourself a, a very good, you know, 16 or 32 character password that you could never remember ever. Even you can't remember it. And keep it somewhere paper or keep it in your wallet, you know, unidentified somewhere on just a little piece of paper or something and stick to it. And, and you probably will be OK because they don't usually target. They go for the easy stuff. You know, when when the uh, hackers are, you know, cycling through you know, a million passwords in two seconds, more than likely those long ones they're not going to get because they're looking for the easy stuff. Yeah, they want the low hanging fruit. Right. They want the guy that uses one, two, three or password or, you know, something stupid like that. So so if somebody has a domain page, uh, their own page, what else yes. can they do? You know, LinkedIn's an obvious choice. I think uh, the company website's an obviously obvious choice to fill something in about them. But where else can they sort of how else can they demonstrate what they're doing on a daily basis? Uh, I would use automation as much as humanly possible. I know a lot of people say, oh, no, that's ridiculous. Don't automate anything. Well, you know what? Time is money. (laughs) And I don't agree with that. I think that's crazy. I mean, you could sit there and say, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm so, you know, social media and I've got to be so social. I've got to, everything's got to be manual. I don't agree with that. I would not be able to function if I did not use automation. And what I mean by automation is there's a lot of really simple things you can do to keep your social media stream going every day. I'll give you an example. Um, when yeah. you called me and said, I wanted to do, you know, you wanted to do this podcast, I immediately took your um, your website and found your feed uh, to your page and started sharing your feed through automation. So what that means is you're on my editorial calendar and it just, and it shares your content. So using RSS coupled with tools like Zapier, Hootsuite, um, uh, Meet Edgar, Buffer, all these tools that grab RSS feeds, basically you can just sit, set them up to schedule and constantly put content out there on your all your social media streams. So on LinkedIn, you always have really interesting content going out related to what you do. I caution you there, <laughs> not a bunch right. of junk. Okay, Philip, if you're in a specialized industry and you know there's some really good like legal magazines, see, I don't know your business, that's your expertise, but if you have like legal magazines or you have, you know, stories that relate to it or you want to just sit down one day and just like find tons and tons of great, you know, maybe Wall Street Journal or whatever things you like to read, share the stuff that tells people what you do. Because the minute I find your profile and I look at your feeds and and not your feeds, your social media, that tells me about you. So if you're, if I go to your social media and you're sitting there in a bar drinking or you got terrible, unprofessional, rude pictures or, you know, bad stuff. I mean, that to me is stupid. Um, But if you have stuff that tells me, oh, this is what this guy's about. Look at this. 
talking about Chicago. He's talking about this. He's talking about legal. He's talking about, let's say you are involved in a charity or you're involved in your alumni of your college or whatever. Go to all the stuff that makes you attractive to the person you're, that you want to hire you. <clears throat> and keep sharing it. Just share it all day long. Yeah, no, it's interesting to hear you talk about the Hootsuite buffer. Uh, I had heard people talk about that when I went to a, a marketing conference about two, Zapier. three years ago. <clears throat> yeah. Zapier. <clears throat> yeah, and so as I understand it, what you can basically do is if you wanted to post something on one piece of social media, these programs will uh, circulate and send it out through all your social media. Yes. So you can connect yes, them do. all. You don't have to manually sit no. there and all right, I want to post something on LinkedIn. All right, no. I want to post something on Facebook. You, it no. will do it all for you. Now, the social side of this, okay, <clears throat> here's the deal. Now, getting back to the guy who you said starting out what they should do, and I said get a landing page. Ideally, okay, ideally, if the person were able to write, if the person had a little bit of creativity and said, you know what? I've done my landing page for a year. I've, I've got my sea legs. I'm in the business. I'm making some money now. I want to go to the next level. I would strongly recommend either a blog or a vlog. A vlog would be a video uh, diary or what you're doing, a podcast or something. Where I'm going with this is you're creating your own content. So I do both. I share my own content and I share other people's content. Now, Laugh as you will. Sharing other people's content is fabulous. Why? Because it's it's like a goodwill thing. It's like I'm sharing your content, Philip, and you're going to be really happy. Yeah. And I'm sure you are. I don't even know if you've noticed I've shared it. I don't even know if you know I shared it. But oh, the point is, it's got to be giving you bringing you traffic. Um, and you're going to it's kind of like a favor system. You're going to never forget that. You're going to be like, oh, my God. That is so nice. She's sharing my podcast. She's bringing me traffic. And I'm going to say the same about you. It's kind of like you're, you're making friends. That's your social exchange, so to speak. It's like, yeah, it's, awesome. like the, it's a favor system. It's like I'm helping Philip. He's helping me. I help her. He help, it's like a whole big favor system going on. That's, that's one thing, which is great. And it's goodwill. It's like you're helping somebody else. And, and yeah, that all, I, to me, that. that's like, that to me, that's like karma. It's kind of like, it's just good. I mean, and so I help other people, but yes, I share my own content as well. So I do a blend. So the guy that only has a landing page when he's starting out doesn't have anything much to share. Okay. That's why you have to, and you're doing it. You already know, Philip, you're doing it with your podcast. That's why that person needs to eventually take the next step up and say, I need to share something. What can they share? They can share a million things. I mean, they could share a new listing. They could share they, they're looking for something. They could share they closed a deal. They could share good news about something they did. I mean, it doesn't have to be complex. It could be very simple, but that should be part of their stream of their mix of sharing stuff. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I love this uh, approach that you're taking. Um, one, I have seen a, a recent uptick in my in my RSS subscribers, and I couldn't honestly figure out where it's coming from because I haven't been posting as much in the summer because I figure people out are on vacation. I mean, I've been post, I've been putting on some podcasts, but not as much. And uh, but it, my RSS subscribers just continue to increase, and I'm sure that a lot of it is because of uh, your generous posting. I don't know. I don't know if it is. I I would be so honored and thrilled if it was. I'm just letting you know because. You know, traffic comes from somewhere. If you do nothing, you will have no subscribers. Yeah, no, and I, I love the idea of just, in general, I'm an open source information kind of person. And I feel like it's so, if you find quality content that you like, you should share that somebody else right. created. You should share it yeah. with other people because yeah. of this whole system that yeah. you're just saying of just, of people helping people. If you, gotta, if you respect and appreciate someone else's content. You should share it and hopefully they'll reciprocate. Um, well, I think the, the biggest thing that people overlook, and I hope you walk away from this call for yourself, what you should do is the, the number one thing that most people forget to do is reshare things they've written. You have what I would call pretty much evergreen content. 
So for you, you should be on a constant loop. Your stuff should be just being shared nonstop constantly, just constantly going around and around. You have to remember that nobody sees everything. They're not going to see it. It's all by chance. You log into LinkedIn, you see a couple things, you click on them or you read them, then you go back to work or whatever. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you can't see it all. You've got to keep recycling and regenerating your evergreen content. And evergreen content is stuff that can, is not time sensitive. Another, another great tip from Linda. <laughs> that's, uh, that's really great. I haven't been sharing my evergreen content as much as I should be. Go because, but it's so true. Yeah, people, yeah. Yep. You know, if someone's on vacation, they're not going to, and you, you miss the two days that you promote yes. a new yes. article of content. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say that's great about sharing other people's content is that you didn't have to take the time to create it. So you're doing the, the originator a favor, and it's not as cumbersome on your schedule because you're just sharing some great content that someone already did. So. Yes. And I think the other side of that is, too, and, and I try to do a lot of this. You know, I, when I said that I don't do manual, that's not true. I do manual stuff, but I don't do the manual stuff that a machine could do, if that makes any sense. In other words, yeah. I'm not sitting there finding, clicking, and pushing. That's automatic. What I am doing is engaging. That's different. That's, I don't want to confuse that. I don't have automation. for. <laughs> if, if someone like says something to me on LinkedIn, I have to answer them. I do not ignore people. In other words, yeah. I respond. Even if it's some knucklehead who says something stupid to me, I'll just say, thank you. And I click. It's like, I, it, or whatever. In other words, I do not ignore people. And when someone says something to me on any social media site, I try to answer them as fast as I can. If someone shares something on my behalf and I catch it and I see it or they bring it to my attention, I thank them. Um, if someone does something for my brand in any way, shape or form, I have a thank you page. And this is something you could start as well, which gives you tons of links. What I do is every time I catch somebody saying something nice about us or doing something, I either take a screenshot of it or I get a, or whatever I can do to link it back to that person. And I put it on my, um, uh, I have like, I call it a thank you page. It's, it's a page and I'll send it to you. It's a page on my site. And all I do is say, I date it. I put the screenshot there. I link to back to the person and I say, thank you so much, Joe, for telling people about us or whatever, just whatever the blurb is. And that's something you could do as well. And now I'm linking to them and they're like, oh, wow, I got a link from the broker list. That was a great thank you. That's so smart. That's just another great tip. But you know, it's not hard. It, it's but, easy. It, and like you said, these are old fashioned concepts. Yes, they Please, are. Please, thank you. Helping others. You. Yeah. Showing your, your information. This is not uh, crazy high tech things. You're just figuring out how to do it on a different medium. Exactly. And, and I have to stress this, and I know we touched on it, but I want to stress it like times a thousand. People, your phone numbers are so important. Don't forget your phone numbers because I, and you said it earlier, but I want to stress it. Keep, pick up the phone and call somebody. I mean, put your phone number on stuff. It's so frustrating when you can't reach someone and you're like, I wish I could just call them. And you said it, you said it about your friend. I mean, and I stress that because you, you've got to, you've got to remember that. That to me, that's top of my list is phone numbers. And you did say it and I want to stress it again. Yeah, and while we're here, public service announcement, please put that on your reply signature box. You know, people have the extensive signature box when they when they create the new email, but that on their replies, they don't actually have a signature block. Just, you don't have to do the whole thing. You don't have to give me the disclaimers and, and all the, the firm address. Just, just throw your name, Philip, and just a little phone number, just so when I'm sorting through emails, I can grab someone's phone number, give them a call. But yeah, it's crazy. Service announcement. (laughs) Big time. All right. Well, Linda, do you have any other uh, suggestions for us or things you want to talk about? I don't want to take too much of your time. And I feel like we've already gotten so many good nuggets out of you. I don't want to to have you back. I've got more nuggets, but (laughs) I've got so many nuggets. (laughs) But I I want to say another nugget. And in this one, I I think you're, you're already doing it but it's, it's a nugget that I've been learning and I just love, love, love is when you're trying to plan your, uh, 
your presence and your and your branding and whatever you're trying to do on social media, please use visuals, use pictures, use videos, whatever you can do, use a GIF. And a GIF is just a little picture file that has a little movement in it. What I strongly recommend, okay, and this is not hard to do, people. You can figure this out. You guys are smart and girls on this call who are listening to this. Every social media site has a certain size that the images fit, okay? It's public information. If you just type in Google, like Twitter size, Twitter picture size or Facebook picture size or LinkedIn picture size, they will tell you, okay, they, they want a picture this 600 by 100, whatever the, and that's not the size, but I'm just saying whatever the size is, start to follow those sizes, okay? And find tools that can make you graphics or make your own, use PowerPoint. It, it's, it's fabulous. In, in fact, someone just, just had mentioned this in a call I was on about a month ago about, about pictures and how PowerPoint is just such a basic tool and so overlooked. Make images and have them in stock and ready to go. In your example, you have your real estate for breakfast. Have a bunch of different sizes of it, you know, like Pinterest and Instagram and this and that and that. And have a bunch of varieties of call to action messages on it. I made a gift for you. Your gift was, uh, I made you a podcast gift. So when I share your stuff, this thing is a moving picture and it shows oh, real estate you. for breakfast. <laughs> and then it shows it's an iTunes podcast and it just moves. Do you know how simple that is? That is the most simplest thing in the world, but it catches people's attention. So you yeah. have to remember whatever you share, make it visual and, and, and grab their eye. Does that make sense? It does. I have no idea how to do that, but I'm going to figure out now. Yeah, I can send you the link. It's, it's just <laughs> basically a little, it's called a gift creator. So let's say I, I, let's say I, I have three pictures, you know, one picture you're sitting, one picture you're standing, and one picture you're sitting again. If you load those three pictures up into this gift creator, it makes it go sit, stand, sit in one picture. Cool. Or it could be your logo and then... And the next picture is the logo with a message on it, which says subscribe to my podcast and it changes. Yeah, definitely eye catching. All you do is upload it. And once you save it, it becomes one single image file and you can upload that and it's, it's visible on the internet. Now it's not going to be visible on a non-internet source. It's got to be online to be visible because it's, it's a moving thing. It's, and I don't know the technology of why, but my point is if you put it in your email signature, like I have a Google I have a Google page for my business. That's a whole nother talk. But anyway, you got to have that. That's a must. But if yeah. you had a Google page for your business, let's say your law firm, and what you would do is you'd have a, a little image that says, you know, give our law firm a five-star review. And then that image could be like the Google logo. And the second image could be five stars. So it's just kind of like a flip flashing, like five stars, Google five. And then when they click on it, it goes to your Google business page. And then someone can leave a, a, a reference for you. Fantastic stuff. There's so much. <laughs> well, we might have to have you back on the podcast in order to uh, to give us some more updates and ideas. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Because we didn't even talk about blogging. Yeah. No, let's, uh, let's do a part two. Let's do a part <laughs> two. Be blogging and uh, yeah. advanced techniques. Uh-huh. It's fun. It's fun it and is. rewarding. It is. I, I enjoy it immensely, especially uh, doing these podcasts, learning so much. I mean, I would do these podcasts talking with you just just for the sake of doing them because I learned more in this 45 minutes than about marketing that I have in the past two months. So, well, yeah, I learned from other people. I learned from Jen. Yeah. I yeah, learned from I'm so awful. many. <laughs> yeah. And my stuff isn't fancy or high tech, so I, I don't want to disappoint there, but it's basic. That's the other thing I would say is if you see somebody and you're, you're kind of impressed by what they're doing online, ask them. Ask them how they did it. People usually yes. like sharing this stuff. Uh, it. Don't, don't be afraid of, of asking somebody, hey, how'd you, how'd you come up with that? Absolutely. I totally agree. And I'm going to send you that GIF I did because I said, oh, I have to do a GIF for him because... They don't know what this is. They have to know that it, they have to subscribe to this. Yeah, no, send it to me. I, that one, that one's definitely new for me. Yeah, 
And check All out right. your Twitter too, because I think we I think we did some Twitter stuff for you. I don't remember. I'd have to go back and look. All righty, I will do that. Anyway, <laughs> well, I am so thankful, and I hope that we get some good um, new Chicago people to join the broker list. Yes, please, everybody. It's free to sign up. Um, I, think, I hope you find it useful. I think that you will, and. Uh, Please take these marketing tips, put them to good use, and Linda is uh, will answer you on if you reach out to her. She just uh, she just told us she would. So absolutely, Linda at thebrokerlist.com. All righty, Linda, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate it, and I'm honored to be on the show. Great. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs> shall constitute financial, investment, legal, and or professional advice. No professional relationship of any kind is created between you and the podcast host or guests. You are urged to speak with your financial, investment, or legal advisors before making any investment or legal decisions. Furthermore, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of the SATC Solutions Center, Shank Annis Tepper Campbell, or any of its employees. This podcast is created by the host and guests' individual capacities. All opinions on this podcast are or have been rendered based on specific facts under certain conditions and are subject to certain assumptions and may not and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to, or use in or in connection with any investment purposes or legal proceeding. 